I don't so much have a problem with, uh, with drugs and alcohol as I do with feeling like I just hate feeling. So in order, so if I could just numb out and not have to feel, um, that's a lot easier sometimes, uh, at least, at least prior to my sobriety, that was just the way I looked at things. And so to put it in a new perspective today and frame it up as like, I get to feel. Don't Hide the Scars, a weekly podcast focused on addiction and recovery. Created by the nonprofit Pain, parents and addicts in need, and founded by Flint Anderson. Uh, I'm loving the bumper sticker behind you, Shane. Drinking is for pussies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. One of my favorites, man. One of my favorites. Uh, I might have to get one of those. <laughs> I, yeah, I have I have a whole bunch, man. I'll gladly uh, hook you up. I got some of those. What's the other one? Keep your blood clean. Kind of the, the sober guy tagline there. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to hook you guys up and either mail some down or when I come down to Fresno next time, I'll, I'll uh, maybe we can meet up, man. I'd love to. Uh, to That'd be great. Yeah. Please. You've been doing amazing work since uh, since you're so, you know, got your sobriety. It was like 2013, been about 10 years, 11 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just about, uh, let's see. I, uh, I quit drinking in 2013, started sober guy in 2014 and man, it's just been, it's just been crazy over the last 10, 10 years or so, um, how life has continued to evolve and, um, just ups and downs and man, I am very grateful though. I'll say that, man. Uh, I got a beautiful family. Um, I, you know, two kids, my wife, um, sobriety, uh, Jesus in my life. Um, just, nice. just a great, just a great foundation. Um, and, and it's not perfect by any means either. I always want to point that out. Um, you know, I, we, we go through ups and downs, um, on the daily, but man, it's so much better than it, than it ever was before. And I'm super grateful for that. Yeah. It becomes manageable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i've learned a little bit on how to deal with things a little bit better than i ever knew before which was alcohol and drugs that's how i dealt with stuff so that was the easy sounds familiar right god it's, 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 it's so familiar yeah. Uh, yeah that manageability part you know what I, I never thought i'd ever get to that point where i could um but you know you make a great point shane this is we do have ups and downs like everybody else. And, um, and, and I know that with families that I deal with or addicts that I've dealt with, you know, they're always expecting this, 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 these wondrous things to start coming your way. And I'm going, wait a minute, man. I mean, they will at, at, at some point they will come your way, but early in recovery, man, you better literally learn to take this one, one step at a time, 15 minutes at a time. Uh, be, because you're going to, you're going to have things, nothing goes away just because you got sober. Yeah. All, all that crap. Okay. Does not simply go away. And I think that's where we lose a lot of kids in particular mm. with relapse, you know? Uh, and what I mean by a kid is, you know, is that 21 to 29 year old range, um, where they just, they just can't handle it. You know, they, yeah. and here's the big one. Well, geez, I I quit using mom and dad. So why aren't you why why aren't you forgetting everything that I did? Well, look, I mean, <laughs> anything like me, man, it's tough to forget the shit I did. Yeah, you know. So anyway, it's it's, it's yeah. just <laughs> something we got to try to teach these kids. Yeah, hundred. I and I I uh, you know, and what's what's always I've found interesting is like we we kind of mentioned, you know, drinking drugs. Uh, really is a, an escape. Like I always tell people too, like I, I don't so much have a problem with, uh, with drugs and alcohol as I do with feeling like, I just hate feeling. So in order, so if I could just numb out and not have to feel, um, that's a lot easier sometimes, uh, at least, at least prior to my sobriety, that was just the way I looked at things. And so to put it in a new perspective today and frame it up as like, I get to feel, and it's still tough sometimes to, to feel sure. like uh, maybe someone's sick, um, a death, um, go down the list of things, uh, just everyday stresses of being a parent and trying to do life. Um, but I get to feel, and, uh, and I, I really do uh, try to sit in that today. Um, and I think it's, I think that's helped to get to know myself a little bit more and to, and to continue to grow and to be able to be 
authentic and be real and have real conversations with people versus just like, Hey, let's get hammered. You know? <laughs> that was always just something very surfaced and dumb. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, Oh, and then I was going to say too, is what's sad to me. And in all honesty, I really understand why somebody, maybe they have some physical pain. Maybe they have physical and emotional pain. Um, I have a couple of people very close to me who deal with this on the daily and they drink or they, they take drugs in order to help uh, that tolerate that pain. In other words, sure. and so, I'm not advocating it. I'm not, I, it sucks, but I understand it at the same time. Sure. Too. It's like, man. And I think that, you know, that's, um, and maybe that's where some of the sympathy and, and some of the understanding and um, love has to come in, um, you know, where, where we have to uh, um, just really love on people and let them know that we're here for them because ultimately the person has to make the decision that, that they want to make a change in their life. I can't do it for them. You guys can't do it for them. You could have all the right. resources in the world and all the answers and all the programs and everything. But like at the end of the day, if they don't want it, then that's, they're not going to, they're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I mirror what you said. I don't, and it's weird. I don't know if it was because I manifested so much emotional pain that it became physical or I had so much physical pain that it, it was a part of rolled into the already pre-existing emotional stuff. And, Oftentimes it was like, okay, I'll pop some ibuprofen and drink a 12 pack, you know? Uh, and it, and it's sad because a lot of people do deal with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shane, let me ask you, um, you, you, how old are your kids? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, so my son cash, uh, he's eight, uh, he'll be nine this July. And then my daughter, uh, let's see, she'll be 13, uh, in about two weeks. And she, she thinks she's 22 at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So my, my daughter was, uh, I think she was about three, right around three when I got, when I got sober. So. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I asked that is, you know, I got, when I got sober, my, my sons were, uh, 19 and 16 mm. and, um, man, <laughs> when I hear guys like yourselves that, that, got sober when your kids were, were, were younger brother, I, you guys are in for such a wonderful ride with these kids, even though they're a pain in the ass. Okay. Uh, cause they still can be at 40 and 36, trust me. But, um, but I, I so often try to get across to guys that are, that have kids that, you know, my kids today know that they're not going to find their dad dead from an overdose somewhere. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's important. And and the other thing that's important is the fact that, you know, your 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 kids, they may have known a little bit about your your using, you know, in 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 some of those days, but for the most part, a lot of that's gonna go away. They're not gonna remember some of that stuff. Um, and you guys now have a definite advantage, all right, with your kids over those of us that that didn't do it that way. You know, yeah. because nobody, nobody, trust me, wants to go into in, into rehab when you're 45 years old and your kids are that age, because, man, it took four years for my sons to even want to talk to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I And I, I appreciate you, you know, the encouragement in that. And um, I do I do recognize that the, the blessing it is to be able to um, not have my my son in particular has never seen me you know, drink or, or use drugs or anything. And, um, he's very like, he, he knows that dad's sober. He knows that I, the work that I do. Um, and he's very like on, on the same page with me, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to be sober dad. Like he, like I inspire, like he's inspired by that. He sees that. And he also sees, I mean, you, you're never going to get away from alcohol. It's everywhere. Family, right. friends, functions, stores, wherever you go. And so I, you know, in, instead of trying to, um, I think it's a good example of, instead of trying to talk about stuff, we just be it. And when yep. we just be, instead of trying to run our mouths about it, that's when people, you know, that's that, that attraction rather than promotion type of mentality, I think. And so I think he's picked up on that at an early age. And my daughter, you know, she was, uh, 
Gosh, she was like three. Um, but the, the one I share this, I've shared this on the podcast a few times. There, there was one in particular moment and uh, it was probably about six months before I finally ultimately quit. But this is one of the deciding uh, factors in that I was out in the garage one day and I think it was late at night, actually. And I had gotten off of work and I was out there drinking and I think I was smoking and uh, and she she suddenly came out, you know, and I did the whole like tried to hide the thing mm-hmm. there was smoke in the air and, you know, and uh and she just looked, she, was, she just looked at me so innocent. She said, daddy, it smells like evil out here. Oh, she just closed the door and just walked. She just closed the door and walked and she was in her little princess nightgown. And man, I just remember at that moment, it was like something just, just stuck me right in the gut. And I was just like, yeah. man, what am I doing? Like, what am right. I doing? And I had already had these feelings coming up and I tried to quit quite a few times and always went back and. Um, so that, that was one, that was one in particular moment, but I think the thing that I'm most grateful for Flint to your, to your point here is that I did get it early enough where I've been able to, like, people ask me like, what's the greatest thing about, you know, being sober about your recovery. And it's like, man, I've literally changed the, like the trajectory of my family of like, yeah. I've changed that path. I've broken that generational curse that is still very active right now, as I speak in, in elements of my own family, um, you know, at the, the outside, the external family. And, uh, man, that's one thing that I am so grateful for and very, very happy about is, um, you know, the, the, the ability that I don't, I don't have to do that, you know, but man, crazy times back in the day, crazy, crazy times. (laughs) Yeah. and, 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 and God, I just, I just love that. New Perceptions North, the premier drug and alcohol treatment and recovery center in Central California. A full continuum of medically supervised top quality care with programs for detox, inpatient residential treatment with dual diagnosis, intensive outpatient treatment, sober living, support groups, and more. With 50 plus years of combined experience and sobriety, Flint Anderson and Thelma Gatlin Wilson provide adult men and women with the highest caliber of professional health care, treating each client with compassion and respect, in a safe, comfortable environment to begin the process of recovery, to proudly create and sustain a life without addiction, call 559-978-1507 or visit newperceptionsnorth.com. But and, and I'm going to tell you guys this 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 one thing too. This past weekend, I had to my family and I we had to go down to Newport for my my aunt's 90th birthday. Okay? Wow. And uh, God, she still looks seriously. She looks like she's seventy. All right. I mean, I, I know that it makes sense, but um, <laughs> but here, but here she is, and you know, we're down there with the rest of the family. My, my my entire family's from down there, and she she looks at me and she goes she goes she goes I can't believe she said how proud you have made me, mm-hmm. you know, because of what of what of what I do now. You know, and she was, th- th- there's a lady that was instrumental, not, to, I don't want to say so much in recovery, in, in my recovery, but in, in my life to the point where she never, she never judged me. She never, she was always glad to see me no matter how I looked, no matter how fucked up I was, no matter, no matter what, you know, but to look at her and to look in her eyes this, this past weekend, and for her to say that when we're celebrating her, man, yeah. Boys, that's what recovery is about right there. Okay. Uh-huh. That's that's what it's about. Doing it for others, doing it for your aunt, doing it for your kids. Because if we do it for others, as much as we have to do it for ourselves, it will heal, I believe, will heal our hearts faster. Mm. Yeah, I've that. always, I've always believed that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, that's uh in you know, at, at 92, like that's number one. That's pretty amazing right there. Right. Um, but uh you know, to be able to hear that from someone you love like that. And she probably, I'm guessing that she probably saw you at the worst of your worst at times. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. You know, hopefully never gave up hope. And it sounds like she didn't because uh, she saw this, she got to see that right. turnaround, man. Yeah, that's great. No, no, she, she, she never gave up hope. I remember one time though, this was like 19, I know I'm dating myself, but this was like 1973, you know, I, I, I remember I'd, I'd, I'd come home. She was, she was visiting our house with my mom was her sister and, and she, and she, 
I'm walking up to the front of the house and she looks at my mom and she goes, my God, he looks like Jesus. <laughs> I got to see some of these pictures. I know. I got to see that too. That's great. Yeah. You know, the hair down the middle of my back, you know, the whole, the, the whole, the whole deal. I thought that was pretty cute. You know, I want to kind of touch on a point that you gentlemen brought up, especially talking, well, not just with the youth, but, but anyone and Shane, you do amazing work with people. I mean, even just the challenge, Hey, let's do 30 days and yeah. see how different your life is. Yeah. And I think the hard thing that I've noticed is so many want uh, a certain answer in their recovery and sobriety, as opposed to embracing the uncertainty, because mm. there was no guarantee that Flint was going to get that. Right. But that's a beautiful thing that will now stay with you forever at a moment of beautiful energy between you and your aunt. And I, and I think, you know, how do we, how do we get these people to embrace a little bit of uncertainty? The, how mm. do I go out? How do I date sober? How do I interact with people? You know, it's like, yeah, you're, you're going to figure it out. And, and I think it's that fear component. Uh, oh, absolutely. So fear, fear is definitely a good part of it. And great, great question, man. That's, uh, yeah. I was just talking about this with my wife, just the, I, I keep hearing letting go as, as you're saying that it's, it's, it's really letting go of control. And, and also uh, for me trying to have all the answers to everything, like mm -hmm. one of my favorite things now that I can say today is like, I don't know <laughs> and be right. totally okay with that. Right. I don't need to like bullshit my way around every and try to have all the answers and know everything. I just, I don't know some things and I'm fine with that. And if I have a strong connection to God and I'm um, doing my best, I can, I can truly let go and I can just do the next right thing. And I think, I think that for me has been one of the biggest, um, probably one of the biggest reasons that I haven't went back to drinking, that I haven't went back to doing, to doing drugs in order to escape because man, let's face it. Some days suck. Like some mm -hmm. days are just like, dude, what is like, I don't even know how I stay sober through this or that or whatever, you know, right. but like, right. I, I do. And I just really trust that God has a plan. He loves me and that I'm going to do the next right thing. And it, it will work out. And so th there's a lot of trust in it, I think. And, um, you have to be okay with the, with the unknown, the uncertainty, just like, just like you were saying. And that's a tough thing to do. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I do it perfect either. And that I got it all figured out, but I do have the general sense enough to practice it on the daily as much as I can and have conversations about it too. Like, just like this, you know, and that's, that's powerful stuff too. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to trust when it doesn't happen, mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because there's as 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 we get older, you know, not not everything is is going to come our way. I mean, it, and and I'm talking little things to big things, right? It does it it doesn't matter because sometimes God's answer is no. Yep. And that and that answer no is for a reason. But we have to be able to, we have to be able to sit back and kind of discern, right? Discern, okay, you, 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 the answer was no. Now ask, let me understand why the answer was no. Yeah. Because if we can understand why the answer is no, then we're going to be able to deal with it better. Mm -hmm. When the no's just come and you get pissed off and 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 you can't understand it, okay, that's when things can turn to shit really fast. Mm -hmm. But if you learn to sit back, it goes back to the old thing, learn to sit with yourself, learn yeah. to put your ass in a room, okay, for, for an hour a day and shut down everything, your phone, your music, your TVs, all of it, and just sit by yourself and learn how to listen. Yeah. If more of us could do that, again, I'm not a pro at it by any means, okay, but it's something I try to do, um, and it just gives me a little more inner peace. Yeah, I love it. And, and I think that what you're saying too, Flint, is like those expectations. If we can eliminate expectations out of the gate from anything, mm -hmm. and now when it doesn't work out like I expected it to, I'm not disappointed because I didn't have those expectations. What I did 
is I did the next right thing that was in front of me. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's it. And I, and I kept it real simple in that. Now it doesn't mean that I don't have visions. I don't have dreams. I don't have aspirations to do things. I don't have plans. I do. Um, I, I really believe in that. Uh, but at the same time, I really try, I've been let down in my life so many times and I've learned that that's not a, really a fault to others. It's a fault of my own because I've set up certain specific mm-hmm. expectations that don't, don't work out sometimes. And it's just easier to not have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and then one more thing on that too, you, you know, sometimes when that answer is no, God gave us a brain to use, mm. you know, let's use it. Just yeah. because he's saying no, maybe there's another route to get to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so so let's start let's start using our own brains a little bit a little bit more and try to figure some of this stuff out. Because once everything is start to be given to you, I mean, what's it worth? Yeah, yeah, not worth much yeah. if it's just constantly being given to you instead of working for it. Yeah, old school shit right there, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, well, well, and we—I mean, you hit it on the head too. What's the addict's least favorite word? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Can I have another beer? No. no. <laughs> Can everything go my way? No. <laughs> Embrace the uncertainty. I had someone um, close to me say that I was trying to get him to go to a meeting. You know, and this was a few this week years ago, and uh, and he goes, "Oh, well." Well, what? Like, I'm just going to all of a sudden go to a meeting and my whole life's going to change. I'm going to have a bunch of money and I'm going to have a place to live. And and I said, no, that's not how it works. So don't be a smart ass. But like, it's it's not like you have to put the work in. You got to show up. Yeah. It's going to take time. It's going to it's a process. I'm still in process. We're all in process every day. Yep. I'll be in process till the day I die. And the day that I stop trying to be in process is the day that I should just die because I've stopped learning and growing and what the hell's the point anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. And and I love that though. It's like, man, we're so hard headed sometimes that, um, and, and the ego can, can puff up, you know, where it's just like, it really over is overpowering, I think. And, uh, we've lost even some common sense and some ability to think critically where we can kind of break it down and just submit surrender and just go, okay, I'm just going to do this. And I'm actually like, to your point, Flint, like, I'm just going to listen, like, I'm going to, I'm going to shut up and I'm just going to listen and I'm going to like do what I'm told to do and do the next right thing. And I'm going to hang out with people who aren't destroying their lives and who are actually trying to better their lives. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, and it's easy to say it's harder to do, but it's possible. It's possible yeah. when we submit. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, it goes it goes back to that time thing. We all hate time, you mm. know. It, it, it's and and imagine going back to to when you were twenty five, you know, and just and 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 just starting this road, you know. I I mean, my God, I to be honest with you, I don't know if I could do it again. <laughs> I, I I just well, don't know if I could do it again. But yeah. but but that's that's everybody's crutch, I guess, is, is, is the time thing, you know, um, if we could, and again, everybody's different. Everybody's going to handle it in in their own time frame. I just wish they'd handle it a little sooner, you yeah. know, yeah. so they don't have to go through the bullshit that I went through or you went through, or you've gone through, you know, that's, that's part of our recovery is letting these people know you don't have to go through this. Yeah. You don't have to waste any more time at this if you don't want to. Yeah. And if we look at it from, more of like a cultural perspective to um, a media perspective. Like for instance, I like, I love baseball, right? We just went down to the, uh, we, I was just in Newport actually myself just a week ago too. Nice. We went down, yeah. We, we stayed down in Huntington for about a year a while back and uh, just a couple of years ago. And, um, and so we have family friends down there still love to visit and uh, love to go to angel games down there. So we went to the oh, angel yeah. game on, on Easter Sunday, went to church, went to the game, amazing day. But it's just so, and then like I went to my first 49ers game this last season and just between, let's, we'll just, we'll just kind of group it together. Sporting events, events, um, the advertising and the, and the subliminal messaging and, and, and the, um, the, the ability to, to normalize and desensitize us as human beings to, um, alcohol, to prescription, uh, you know, pharmaceutical drugs, all that stuff. 
We don't realize the impact that it has on us. It, oh, I'll just take a pill for it. Oh, I'll just buy a $16.75 tall can at the game. Like some dude right. in front of me, bought, I, I, I saw him buy two of them. I'm like, yeah, you just paid like $33 for two tall cans. Are you? And you're going to feel like shit in the morning. Like, congratulations. And that dude actually missed the ball. So thank you to him. He missed the ball that Taylor Ward threw uh, out into the stands and I picked it up. And gave us so take that. <laughs> um, but like, man, I, and I just, especially at the Niner game too. I just, I, it was just so, it's so evident, like how big these corporations are and how big these, um, you know, these companies are that are just nonstop advertising and creating this normalcy bias that it's okay to to just drink all the time. Come yep. home, you had a hard day, have a drink. Go to the game, have a drink. Go to a funeral, you're sad, have a drink. You know, and it's um it's it's really sad. And I, I do feel that there's a huge shift in momentum um from people like us and all the others out there who are talking about this and bringing it up and doing amazing work. And we're starting to shift the narrative. You can even see in these, some of these big companies, they're starting to campaign for uh, NA drinks or, uh, and I'll just alcohol specific. They see that there's this new kind of uh, culture coming up and people aren't buying, you know, the people aren't buying it like they used to. And so now they're having to be get creative and stuff too. And I like, I, I just love telling people like, you know, there's another life out there, or maybe you don't know. I do. And you can know about it too. Like you don't have to drink. You don't mm -hmm. have, you don't have to drink. You don't have to kick it with your homies in the garage after work and, and drink just because that's what your dad did. Or that's what was told to you to do on TV. Or that's what you saw on MTV back in the day. Now I'm dating myself because MTV <laughs> used to have videos and be cool, but now it's just a bunch of shitty reality shows. But yep, anyways, right. man, sorry, I didn't mean to rant there, but like, do you guys know <laughs> that though? The media and the culture and the, the whole normalcy bias of just take a pill or just have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's there. I mean, even you bringing that up, you know, shitty TV. I mean, how many of the, I don't tune into them anymore, but I've, you know, personally talked with uh, Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore, who's in recovery and, you know, all that you would watch those shows. And that was the surrounding of everything oh, and every yeah. conflict. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, here yeah. it is loaded up with alcohol. And so you go, okay, that's the normal thing. It's not only the normal thing, but it's also the normal thing to be a shithead. Right. Like it's a rite of passage. Yeah. Like, no, cool. you can go your whole life without ever being a shithead. <laughs> Yeah, it's possible. Trust me. Yeah, it's possible to just keep making the next right decision. Right. And if you mess up, which most likely if you're making the right decisions isn't on purpose, there's this little thing called making amends or apology for us non-indoctrinated. And most of the time you can work through this stuff with others. It's it's Yeah. It, it's simple, sure, it's hard, but it's also simple at the same time. Yeah, I had a uh, so someone, uh, she was telling me all about the, the problem she was having and this and that, and he, this, and he, that, and I arrested all, all these things. And I said, Hey, what's the one common theme among all the shit that you just told me? I don't know. Alcohol, <laughs> eliminate the alcohol. Nine out of 10 things you just told me don't happen at all. You know? And so it's, it has such an impact. It really does. You know, it really does. Yeah. No, I have not had a situation where a cop is uh, in my vicinity and I'm nervous in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's great. Like, it's kind of refreshing or driving <laughs> like, oh, CHP is behind me. Well, okay, I'll move. You know, it's not the, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to, you know, it, it's, yeah. yeah, the things change. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at Pain Nonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction. I go back to that, which, speaking about commercials, I go back to the one where um, guy just got the biggest kick out of this man. One of one of the pharmaceuticals company came up with opioid induced constipation. Uh, <laughs> wow! And 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 we now have a pill for that. 
Okay. Wow. Like, like everybody that uses an opioid doesn't know that you are going to become constipated by using these drugs. And when I wrote a piece on it, I said, now they've got us going in and they've got us coming out, <laughs> you know, cause again, it is, it's a pill for every little yeah. tiny thing, you know, butterflies flying around, everything's yeah. great. You know, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's such shit the disclaimer the disclaimers at the end are always the ones that i just sit there and laugh at it's like may cause diarrhea nauseousness you might die (laughs) like dude (laughs) wow Uh, gotta be a better way here guys come on right exactly yeah every medication please outweigh the positives versus the negatives and if the benefits don't outweigh those negatives probably not for you right but i mean I mean, we're even seeing it, though, you know, Flint and I talk with a lot of people about the, you know, medication assisted treatment and the long term and the, the the side effects of that. And it's like, goodness gracious. I mean, we're was it three percent or eight percent of the world's population in, in the United States consumes like ninety five to ninety eight percent of all pain medications and opioids. And, you know, we we, we we consume ninety nine percent of the world's Vicodin supply. And we consume, I believe it's 93% of the world's opioid supply. So again, those are, those are verifiable statistics. Um, It's, and and that statistic alone says it all about where we're at, you know, as, as a society Um, and, and how people can't recognize that we've got a problem with this is, is, is just beyond me, you know, Um, we, we, Obviously, Jason knows that, you know, we we try to do a lot in Sacramento. We're trying to get, we work with a couple of assembly people. We work with, with some other folks on this and we're trying to, you know, to get some bills passed and get some legislation through um, that is becoming more and more difficult, by the way, to get these things through. But like I was talking to Pam earlier, I think there's, there's one simple reason behind it. The powers that be, they truly don't want to understand what addiction is. Mm. Yeah, that's great. They just simply don't want to understand it because because nobody is being allowed to go in and to explain it to them. Yeah. We're giving them the statistics on death. We're giving them statistics on how much we use. But nobody, again, the powers that be are not even willing to understand the reasons why. And until we do that, whether it's alcohol or drugs, until everybody starts to understand the reasons why, and then part two of that is getting the proper treatment for for someone. And by the way, that includes the insurance companies being on the same page in order to allow the time for those people to get the proper treatment. We're screwed. Yeah. Yep. This is an uphill battle. I mean, and it's, and it's going to be one for a long, long time. You know, when we, and you guys were talking about the, the whole, the, the, the whole, you know, drinking thing with your buddies in the garage, hell, we've got a governor that stand that, that stands up there and says, yeah, you know, I self-medicate at times. I like to go home and have a glass of wine after work. Well, he's, he's telling everybody the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent. And, uh, what is it? I think I was doing, I was doing a little, little digging around earlier, 6,000, um, fentanyl related deaths in california it said it was 19 oh, yeah. times more than uh the total for the same period in 2017 and yeah. then i was i don't know if i don't know if you're um if this is some of the work you're doing but they're reconsidering senate bill 44 was something else uh, so punishing fentanyl drug drug dealers yeah. um and but like you said it's it's an uphill battle because there's yeah. because i feel like when it comes back to um the empty suits it's what's in it for me and if there's not anything in it for me, I don't really care. So the education piece probably doesn't even matter either at some, to, to some extent it matters to us. It matters to families out there, but it's, um, and then like all this stuff, I, w- I won't even go to San Francisco. I won't take my oh, family. I don't, I don't either. I, I, I'm, I'm good. You know, I used to go out there a lot. Um, when we were younger, my wife and I, even before we had kids, that was a great spot to go, but I just, and, and you know, there's pockets of, of, of decent spots out there like anywhere, but um, I just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because it's, it's not good. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and we do talk a lot about the, you know, the, the decriminalization and people getting behind that and, 
and harm reduction when they don't even really know what the hell it means at the end of the day because a lot of the people oh good we're not we're we're not throwing the addict in jail anymore well but you're also just leaving them on the streets to die exactly. you're not exactly giving them help and you think you're doing something humane it's like wake the you know what up mm-hmm. yeah. like stop well and, and again what people don't realize that nobody wants to throw the addict in jail for being the addict yeah but damn it I have no problem with throwing the addict in jail if they're stealing Nike shoes out of Walmart. Yeah. Because it's because it's still their behavior that's associated with that. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean mm-hmm. this this thing has so many different layers to it. It's not even it's not even funny. You know, so so yeah, nobody wants to throw quote the addict in jail for being the drug addict. But you still, I don't care. I don't give a damn who says what you still, we are still have to be responsible for our actions and 100%. what we do, because again, they don't understand that addict isn't stealing those Nike shoes because he wants the Nike shoes. He's stealing the Nike shoes so he can sell those so he can buy more drugs. Exactly. That's what these assholes in Sacramento don't, don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely assholes. Love that word. <laughs> <laughs> For the man, I love it. We're on the same page. You uh, bet. Uh, you bet. Yeah. I was just going to mention just, um, you know, just the heartbreak. I, I mentioned to you guys right before we started recording, you know, you guys were based out of Fresno doing amazing work. I come down to Fresno uh, for work. I, you used to come down a lot more, but when I, when I see downtown Fresno now, um, you know, it's just, it breaks my heart to drive through there sure. and just to see what's happening. Like, regardless of anything, these are human beings and, and they're, and they're suffering straight up. <laughs> like, and, and that goes outward. And, uh, it is, it is very sad to see. And I don't think any of us have all the answers, but we need some answers. And it, and it always comes back to, um, you know, who are our leaders at the end of the day and, and what are they, what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing? Well, we've got again, we've got leaders down here that that are that are trying, you yeah. know, that 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 and there's and there's other leaders in the state that are that are trying too. But but when but every time we go up there, we're, we're gonna be up there again tomorrow and Thursday. Mm-hmm. But but every time we have to face that liberal democratic uh, 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 assembly, I, I mean, my God, we can't we cannot even get to first base. We mm-hmm. propose Jim Patterson proposed a bill. Uh, again, increasing jail sentences for fentanyl dealers that carried over a certain weight. Yeah. Now that has to go before the California Public Safety and Health Committee. That's that's the first thing. That that chairman of that committee refused to even hear the bill initially. That's that's not even in their job description. Their job description is to hear that bill. Now, if you're going to follow the policies and follow the laws, they have a right to vote no on that. But yeah. this asswipe didn't e- didn't even allow it to be heard. So we went back up there last week. We everybody marched our happy asses over to his office. We had a big press conference out there, and now at least they're going to hear this thing on Thursday. Good. Right. But I can almost guarantee you, both of you right now, they're going to vote that thing down on Thursday as well. Yeah. And he probably did. I'm I'm 100 percent positive. He certainly didn't read it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I could get into that shit for hours. Let me let me tell you. (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot. There's a lot there. Yep. Shane, when you're working with people. How do you really start to, you know, one of the hardest things is definitely the, the having fun element, you know, and a lot of people, well, how do you have fun? Or, you know, how do you find joy? And I'm like, well, you weren't really having joy in the first place. You're, you know, you're, you're getting pleasure, not joy, but how do you kind of work and talk with them about that? You know, that's, that's definitely for young people, one of the hard areas to get them on board with. hundred percent. It was, it was one of the big, big reasons it, it took me, um, some time of going back and forth before I eventually did quit because I didn't like how I, I mentioned going to baseball games. How am I going to go to a baseball game and stay sober? Right. There's a right. Great example because when we used to go to Oakland games, we tailgated, 
We partied hard in the parking lot. A lot of time we didn't even go in until the seventh, eighth inning. And then when we right. did, you know, it, it, or if we did get in a little early, we were standing in line to get more beers or whatever. So like, it's like it, the events were never about the event. It was about the party leading up to the event and the party during and the party after. And that, like you mentioned, it's not fun. I think right. it's, it's, man, it's manufactured fun. It's, it's drinking, it's partying, it's, you know, doing other stuff. Um, so one of the things for me that I really like to focus on with myself, as well as talk to other people about and, and, and help them understand, um, and relate to is like when we were kids, there were things that we really enjoyed to do. And we had genuine fun as kids. I'll just say skateboarding was one of them for me. Right. I still love to ride. I have an old, uh, Rob Roscoff Santa Cruz board. I ride with my son. Um, got into some surfing in the last couple of years, got the, one of the hardest sports I've ever tried in my life. Um, those things are challenging now as I've gotten older, but skateboarding in particular was one thing that I loved. And so I feel like I'll just speak for dudes out there. When we become adults, um, we get jobs, we have kids, we have responsibilities and all the things that gave us joy when we were young most of them go out the window and then a lot of us start drinking and we start going down, we start going down that road and we got stress and we have all, we have all life stuff. And so when I got sober, I had to find things that I genuinely enjoyed to do and that I used to enjoy to do. And even new right. things that I'm trying that challenge me that are fun. I'm, I work out every day, every day that I can, um, you know, five days a week at the minimum. I'm getting after something, even if it's a walk late at night, I like to walk at nighttime after the kids go down, you know, and staying active is a, is a really big one for me. Um, boxing, um, CrossFit style stuff, swimming, all that kind of stuff helps to keep me going. And it, cha it challenges me in the process too. Um, I just feel like we have to find things that when, when we were young, that genuinely gave us joy and try those again, bring those things back. So if you're like newly sober right now, and maybe you were into mountain biking a long time ago, I only say that because one time I tried to get into mountain biking and bought a helmet and stuff. And I looked like a total, um, total <laughs> dumbass. And like, I had fun riding though. It was kind of cool. And then it didn't last very long. And like, I still, I'm still down for mountain biking. It sounds great, but I, I didn't, it didn't take in other words, but maybe there's something you used to do, bring it out again, try it, try it out. Don't hurt yourself. Start slow. But like find those things that really it like gets you excited, gets you pumped up about life. Like what's, what is that genuine joy you once felt as a kid that you can now try again? And the other kind of caveat to this, and this is a big one with surfing with me is like, you're going to suck being an adult man right. and sucking at something in front of ad other adults. It sucks. Period. It sucks. But yeah, it, it, does. it does. Nobody wants to do that, but that's where getting uncomfortable you're going to suck at being the sober guy at first. You're going to suck right. going to that party and being the only one or that wedding, aunt, you know, aunt Kay's wedding you had to go to and everyone's drinking and you're the sober dude. Right. It's going to suck because you're new at it, but you got to work through that. And you got to understand there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You got to keep going and embrace the suck. I know that's an old uh, military thing, I think. And I love right. trying to take that mentality and I'll just suck for a while. Eventually, I think that was the last podcast I put out last week. It was titled, um, uh, you won't be a kook forever. And basically just you know, <laughs> as a kook in surfing, like they, I follow a couple of accounts that are hilarious on there. But if you keep practicing whatever you do, even being sober, eventually you're not going to be the new guy. You're going to be helping other people too. So yeah, great question, man. Yeah. No, I, and it, well, it was for me, I think I've told, I don't remember on here, but my, my first ever sponsors was exactly, what did you love to do as a kid? First thing I came up with was Legos and he, here's a Lego <laughs> gift card. And I still, to this day, you know, they're a little expensive because I like to build the star Wars ones, but to this day, I had two bookshelves. Luckily I have a wonderful partner who's like, and I think they're cool in our master bedroom. So <laughs> well, that's cool. Know. Yeah. God bless her for that. But also like events, I, I have talked about one of our early dates. We went to see one of my favorite bands, Kiss. And oh. I realized, oh, this is the first time I'm ever seeing them sober. And I never got like shit housed or blackout or anything, but definitely had two, three, four, five beers. 
And so it was like, am I going to enjoy this? Is right. this going to be? I remember the whole thing. I had a blast. My voice was dead at the end from singing the lyrics to every freaking song. Like, <laughs> trust me, the joy is there. And I get to relive it now because I remember I've saw him 20 something times. And I remember two concerts, the first time and the last time I saw him. Right. That's uh, it. Yeah. Mine was when I, when I when I got out of treatment the last time was could I hit the golf ball straight? without being high because, 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 because I learned how to play golf high, you know, I, I, I mean, and, and, and today, I mean, it, it, he, Jason knows, I mean, shit, if I don't play golf twice a week, I'm just a grouchy old man, then, you know, got it, got to do it. I'm bringing my golf clubs down then Bring when, them. Uh, when I come down next time, if, if we uh, have some time and just for the record, Flint, you know what we call that when you get high and play golf, we used to call it Mario golf. We said, you want to play some Mario golf? Get all stoned and, you know, drinking. And I would only last two till about the 14th, 13th, 14th hole because I'd just be over the golf. I was just partying now. Right, um, right, right. It was too strenuous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Too rough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so many great analogies with golf, too, and and, and recovery and even in, in life, too, just uh, – mm-hmm. It's just such a fun thing. I try to get out a couple times a month at the minimum. Man, bring your bring your clubs when you come, man. We'll yeah. just we'll go to my 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 course and we'll go play, man. Absolutely, love that. That'd be awesome. I you know I was thinking about too. Um, I've been listening to a lot more, you know, books because I get a nice commute here, and I was listening to Atomic Habits and how do you work with people with 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 goals? It's that that good old uh, uh, failure to plan is a plan to fail. And, and it, and it's, I think it's really, it's imperative to this process for someone that is new. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, accountability is so huge. And, and you kind of even said something in when, when you just shared about the Legos there, Jason, Um, you said my sponsor gave me a card and said, here, here's some Legos. So you had somebody who believed in you, who supported you, who was, genuinely caring for you and saw something in you and said, here, try this, go do that. I support you in that. And so when I tried to quit drinking and when I tried to, to quit living that lifestyle I was living, I always tried to do it on my own at first. And that's why I failed so many times because I kept trying to do it on my own. And the moment that I um, just finally threw my hands up and was like, man, I, I can't do this anymore. And I told my wife and I told my best friend, Seth, and I started, um, I started opening up and not trying to do it on my own was when things started to started to change. And that's a very difficult thing for people to do pride. You go, go down the list of things. Um, I have a little, I have a little process that I like and I, I I titled it, um, pray, uh, P R A Y. And it just goes personal responsibility and ownership, radical acceptance, accountability and community, and you're resilient. And so in those four buckets, you know, you kind of, you kind of tackle a lot of stuff right there, recognizing there's a problem, taking ownership, admitting the problem, asking for help, um, letting go, surrendering. And then that personal responsibility piece that's came up a couple of times in this conversation already, um, which is huge admitting that I'm, you know, actually am struggling with this and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm just going to talk about it now. Um, one of the other things in the in the radical acceptance part too is alcohol creates adversity. I love this because like it was kind of back to my point earlier when that person was telling me about all the problems they were having and it's like man like what's the one thing that that's like the common denominator in that? It's alcohol. It, it it's creating all this adversity and these issues in your life. Do you not see that or or do you are you denying it? Like, what is that? So being conscious of that and coming to terms with that huge, like we have to do that. Um, but you know, and I, and I just like, you know, account, I don't want to go down the whole thing, but accountability, having a friend, a mentor, a coach, a community, whether it's a, a group, a 12 step group, a men's group, a church group, um, whatever it is, is, I mean, all those components are so huge. And then the last piece, the resilient piece, you're resilient. We're all very resilient human beings. Um, we can bounce back physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, it, it's possible, you know, but it, it's, there's a lot of work and stuff that has to take place and to do that. But if we're willing, then, you know, it's possible. And like the four things in that were like forgiveness, 
Um, so forgiving others and, and more importantly too, sometimes forgiving ourselves and then uh, gratitude, uh, being of service. And then we talked a little bit about the goals and hobbies thing too, because having fun was such a huge part of, I think, why so many people um, just choose to keep drinking because that's the only way they know how to have fun. So we have to find some other ways to replace um, the fun. And what do we do? And I, it's, it's like, it's like anything, man. It's not like you don't go to the gym one day and just do like one set of squats and a couple of curls and you're shredded and in great shape. Like you got to put reps in, you got to go day in and down the golf course. You don't just go out to the golf course and smack a couple balls and you're, you're a great golfer. No, it takes endless amounts of swings and days and at the range and screwing up and wanting to quit and wanting to throw my clubs in the water. How many, how <laughs> but not quitting and keep going you know, and you have to have that like pit bull mentality with all of this stuff, yeah, you um, do. especially sobriety, especially sobriety. And there's plenty of resources and support out there, you know, so you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you bring up that. a great point of, you know, hey, if we're taking this away, we've got to put something else in yep. there. And there's nothing like connectivity to others. It's, I've told newcomers and I'm sure you do not what words you use was like. Yeah, those that old group, it's not your group anymore. And if you want like-minded people, come to a meeting. Hey, guess what? My church, there is openly an abundance of people there that are sober. And they found their faith through that process, right. me included. You know, it's like, hey, there's plenty of ability to connect with others. And and we're all, usually all of us are very willing to talk. Absolutely. You know, there's not. I've not met a single person that's like, yeah, I've been sober 15 years. Wow. Can I pick your brain? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm good. Yeah. Right. Just give give us an opportunity and we will just vomit will come out. Okay. Right. <laughs> just boatloads of information is going to come out. Yeah. Uh, hey, Shane, if people want to find out more about the work you do and the Sober Guy podcast, how can they, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Just, uh, well, just first and foremost, man, thank you so much again for having me on the podcast. I appreciate you guys and the work you guys are doing is amazing. Uh, so thank you again. Um, if you want to check out that sober guy, everything's at that sober guy.com. Um, uh, you can find more podcasts there. Uh, we have um, our 30 day quit drinking dude challenge is 30 podcasts in 30 days. Uh, some, some lessons and some accountability in there for you. Um, and then be sure to follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. And uh, man, just grateful to be here today and uh, very, very happy to chat with you guys, man. Good stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Shane, thank you, man. R really appreciate you. This has been a kick in the ass. Uh, you're, you're, you're doing good stuff. I love, I just love where, where, where you're going with your life. That is, that is beautiful stuff, man. Just keep, keep those kids close to your heart, man, because they're going to grow up really fast. <laughs> okay. They're going to grow up really fast and you're going to all of a sudden turn around one day and go, what the Fuck, where did it go? Okay. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm trying to, being in the moment, so important. That's it, buddy. You're the best, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at painnonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction.